We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. The baseball season is go, go, go. It's nonstop, relentless for every night, six straight months, and then hopefully another month in October. You also have work, friends, family, and a million other things going on. That's when you reach for a Coors Light. It's made to chill. There's only one beer out there that's literally made to chill, and that's Coors Light. I mean, the mountains on the bottles and cans even turn blue when your beer is cold. Is there anything better than opening up your refrigerator after a long day, seeing that icy cold Coors Light can or bottle in your fridge? The answer is no, there's nothing better. That's why when it's time to chill, you choose Coors Light. It's mountain cold refreshment made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So that's why when you want to hit reset, reach for a beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. And as always, celebrate. We are breaking down all aspects of Yankee baseball. This is the Bronx Pinstripe Show with your hosts, Andrew Rotondi and Scott Reinen. Let's go. What's up, everyone? Welcome to the Bronx Pinstripe Show, episode 475. We're brought to you by DoorDash, NFL Sunday Ticket, and Bet Online. Scott, I'm going to hand it over to you so you can apologize to all the listeners for predicting undefeated against the Baltimore Orioles. Oh, I'll never apologize for that. That That is something that should happen every year, except for the fact that this team is complete dog shit, and nobody is playing on this team except for... DJ LeMayhew and uh, none of the, the, I mean, the team doesn't even belong on the field right now. So I, I have nothing to say about the Baltimore Orioles, but the fact that they're better team right now than this Yankees team. And that's, that's a disgusting, disgusting, sad thing to say. I mean, their pitching staff, their pitching staff is better. I'm not called up like it's it's not even close (laughs) you mean their pitching staff is better. They called up two rookies and they pitched 
into the sixth inning of like one hit ball against the Yankees. This is, is where we are referring to the pitching staff of the Baltimore Orioles is now better than the Yankees legitimately. Like absolutely. They, they called the kid up, went knock for knock with Garrett Cole until Garrett Cole said, I give, I tap out. I'm tapping out of this one, uncle. And this kid just kept going. Um, yeah, it, no, it was, uh, it was probably the worst, the worst weekend you could possibly imagine against that team. And it's just, uh, it's, it's a true, it's a, it, it just shows you where they are right now in, in, I guess in like fighting spirit in the way that they want to be out there in, in, uh, the ability to give a shit in, you know, not, not one person is playing to their capabilities except for DJ LeMahieu. I, he's the only person I can give a pass to because he does look like he cares and He's really the only one that that seems like he does. To tell you the truth, that's not true. Luke Voigt, the two of them are probably the guys that I would that I would identify. So in a normal season, and Eric Kratz is Eric. I keep coming up with more names. Eric Kratz is crying. He's a forty year old crying about <laughs> the the way that he has interacted with his players in the in AAA and the alternate site because yeah. he's become Padre. So there are it's three beautiful. players. And I'm done there. Three players that give a shit. Okay, three out of 20. Was it 28 this year? Or how many have we seen come onto this roster? 47. Yeah. Yeah. In a normal season, teams go through slumps. And if they're not hitting, it's easy to say, well, it doesn't look like they care. Their old joke. Oh, they must have an early dinner reservation. They need to get out of the ballpark fast. And baseball is unlike other sports where... You can try just as hard, and in fact, you can try harder and play worse because it's not a purely physical game, baseball, I'm talking about. However, this year, I think there has to be something said to the players are not mentally in it as much as they would be in another year. And I think that's becoming very evident for the Yankees. That might go with the number of players up and down the roster hitting under 200, I mean, half of the team in the batting order is hitting like 130, 147, 122. The box score, I don't care if you look at batting average and give a shit about it. The box score is abysmal. It is one of the saddest things I've seen written on a on a, on a lineup card I in mean, a the, very the long time. I mean, the goal of baseball still at the end of the day is to hit the ball. And you can you can argue, well, a 225 batting average really doesn't matter much if you do other things well. Well, a 125 batting average does matter because if you can't hit the ball and you can't put the ball in play, you're not going to win many games. And that's what we're seeing with two-thirds of this lineup. However, what I was saying is this 60-game season, it's weird. I get it. Some teams seem it's not affecting them. Some teams, it's affecting them in a positive way. The Yankees, it is no doubt in my mind affecting them in a negative way. And I think it starts with Aaron Boone. I have a lot of bones to pick with Aaron Boone today because I'm tired of this man's shtick. I'm tired of the act. Talking about good things that he saw after that meltdown loss against the Mets on Thursday, you have a lead with your good bullpen in that game and you melt down and then afterwards your manager actually looks into the computer screen. Here we talk about Zoom rooms again. I look into the computer screen like I'm looking at you right now. We just had a meltdown loss with our best arms on the mound, but we saw good things. Screw you. Yeah, there's a, there's this, there's something to be said about tone and the way that you're talking after especially after a team is struggling, especially after you're the the manager of the New York Yankees and your team is just playing you know, the worst baseball they've played in a very, very long time since I think you tweeted it out or somebody tweeted it out. Vernon Wells. Since we saw Vernon Wells in the I tweeted in a lineup card. My least likable Yankees team since Vernon Wells and Travis Hafner 
and and Jason Nix and all of those bum scrubs were in the lineup every day. This is the least fun I've had watching Yankees baseball since then, which was probably 2013. It's really hard to say though that this that this uh, season is is the reason why these guys are not. They're still getting. They're still getting paid. They're still getting going out there and doing the things that they're supposed to be doing. In fact, you should be able to argue that this team, the way that it's currently constructed, that uh, of the guys that are out there actually have a bigger opportunity than most guys because of the playing time, because of the ability to get out there. You see guys like Tyler Wade who are able to get out there on almost a daily basis now and try to carve a rollout as an everyday guy or prove that you not are an everyday guy. Physically no, not able to not able to do it. And that's why I love him as the last guy on the bench. He's best guy, best guy for the for the last guy. He's not an everyday player. You see these other guys who are getting exposed. A lot of people are getting exposed right now. And it's 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 crazy because they should be seizing an opportunity for for their careers. And it's just not happening at all. And I know, you know, it's kind of playing with house money from last year because last year it it this happened, but the guys that are currently playing or you know, some some of the guys that are that were the reserves are now injured as well because they've earned a starting role. But we're not seeing the same thing. The whole cliche of next man up is played out. It's it's now, you know, scratching chalkboard uh nails to it's it's nails on a chalkboard to Yankee fans if you, when they hear that because they don't want to hear it anymore. It's it it doesn't matter. There is no man up. There's nobody stepping up doing anything. And that's oh. the problem. Yeah, last next man up last year was fun. It was also a little lucky, but we also gave credit to where credit is due. You can't get luck without preparation. I forget that exact quote, but luck is just the product of good preparation or something like that. And Brian Cashman prepared that team to be deep 35 to 40 people. And it showed last year they were able to withstand a wrath of injuries over 162 games and win over 100 games. That's great. It's not easily repeatable. You can't replicate that every year. Aaron Judge, Giancarlo Stanton, DJ Mayhew, Glaber Torres, James Paxton, Tommy Canely, Zach Britton. Are you really are you going on this road? You have you have about 10, 10 more minutes of names to list. But what I'm saying is you can't lose starters, all-star caliber players, MVP level caliber players, and expect to keep winning games. However, that's not an excuse for the absolute flat dog shit terrible, lifeless, whatever adjective you want to call it, baseball they've played over the past three weeks. 13 of 18 is what they have lost. 13 of 18 games they have lost. And the manager sitting there, good things. I'm sick and tired of Boone shtick. I'm sick and tired of the good guy attitude. I don't know where it stems from this year if it's they don't care because they know eight teams make the playoffs. Well, guess what? Guess what? You're now the eighth seed. And you've got Toronto on the schedule who's ahead of you, and good. I was actually rooting for Toronto this weekend because part of me wants to see the Yankees not make the playoffs after all of this. Well, I can tell you this. If they if they are in the eighth seed right now, and we've been joking about this because it's a freaking joke that, that there are eight teams going into it and that everybody else would be benefiting and not the New York Yankees because the New York Yankees will make the playoffs. If the New York Yankees don't make the playoffs this year, I don't care who's on the field as an as an eighth seed or above, obviously. But with expanded rosters like this, it would be a a, a monumental embarrassment and failure because of the fact that they are certainly punting the regular season. It's there's no other there's no other way to explain it. 
the only thing they're doing right now is waiting for guys to get healthy or they're just holding them back to a point where they can limit the amount of time between the end of the regular season and the beginning of the playoffs. And now they've doubled down on this. And if they're they're sitting guys, DJ LeMayhew, hey DJ, did you need a day off? Nope. They're sitting guys when they don't need to sit guys. And then they're, they're sitting they're, guys a day after they come back. Glaber Torres plays they're doing on this. Saturday, they're doing this to prepare for the playoffs. They're doing this to prepare for the playoffs. It and doesn't point, work, though. How at many this point, if you, hold on. If you do not make the playoffs at this point, it will be one of the worst ends of season because of the way that it happened that, that, I, can, that I can remember because everybody makes the playoffs. And now the New York Yankees are actually in a, a very big problem area. Uh-huh. Because yeah, their which, pitching staff's not getting any better anytime soon. Which is why I'm part of me thinks they should not make the playoffs because that's what that's what they deserve in this year for for the way that they've treated this this season. But how long do we have to watch them sit guys and play play the load management and play the cautious game and then still have injuries happen? That does not work. Sitting guys for this team does not work. It does not prevent injuries. I think that's been proven. Yet they still take that strategy. Yeah, I, I don't know. I don't know the uh, when when I see a team that's going into Baltimore and you know has the ability to win some games, I'm not sitting Glaber Torres against the Baltimore Orioles, especially given the fact that he knows mentally that there's a there's a, a superiority there that he he's done so well against Baltimore. Why we need to get offense? We need to win baseball games. It's not an opportunity. And and look at the, the Baltimore Orioles are on our freaking ass. Right now, one, they're on one our back, ass, was, and they're a one better back in the team. Column? It was uh, yeah, two one back, or two. two back, two back in the lost column. The Orioles are from the Yankees, and then the Tigers are one back in the lost column, but they're uh, b- behind the Orioles because of uh, winning percentage. And I can't believe I'm saying this, but when you look at a team that's young and, and and has given has given an opportunity to go out there and play to a point where they're they're beating you, now you've given them fuel. Now you've given them hope, and at the end of the day, like. I joke about the Baltimore Orioles being an abysmal team because of the talent, and that's true. They are not a good baseball team, but they do have younger players that are playing a little bit better, and they're playing with nothing to lose. And when they have a little bit of belief behind them, the nerds will say that this doesn't exist, but it does exist. When you have confidence and you understand that you can take down that team, there's just a little bit of a, a, a higher hyper-focus, and you're able to execute a little bit better. I firmly believe that. And we saw... We saw the Baltimore Orioles after being completely terrible, hitting with scorers, runners in scoring position, just destroying the Yankees on Saturday. Just base hit after base hit after base hit after base hit. Yeah, and 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 they now believe it. So guess when, what? They're now a threat. When your offense scores one run against the Orioles, you obviously deserve to lose. But it's still your manager can put you in bad situations because of certain things he's doing to make it so you have no chance of coming back because they're playing close games on Friday in the doubleheader um, when King started and Ben Heller comes in after King in a seven-inning game. So let's call it two innings later. So Heller comes in in the fifth inning, which is really like the seventh inning with a one-run lead, and he immediately gives up uh, the lead. And then in the the second game, the night game, Clark Schmidt comes in for his major league debut. He comes in with runners on base. Why not start him in a clean inning? On Sunday, you have a game that you you need to win. You cannot go uh, go out of Baltimore, 
losing three out of four to the Orioles. So you need to win on Sunday. You're in a close game. Tanaka's ready to be pulled, and he brings in Luis Sessa in the sixth inning. So I understand it's impossible to win games when your offense does jack shit, but it's also impossible for your offense when your manager puts you in a hole. Look, I, I there's two of those decisions that I'm, you know, I, I can't, I can't, I can't actually get mad at given the circumstances. The the, the Clark Schmidt thing, yeah, it's not an ideal situation by any means for him to come out there. But there was literally nobody else. You can't just wait for him to start a clean inning because Debbie Garcia was in trouble and they felt like he was, uh, you know, I, I I think they could have stayed with Garcia, but they, they weren't going to. Or it's, then how about start Schmidt for the fifth inning? Because you're down arms, you have no arms. Like that's the thing. I, I don't. I don't think this gump coming in in the in a clean inning is is, is really has. He's your number one pitching prospect, and he's a starting pitcher. Here's and you thing. bring him in in a messy inning for his major league debut. That is moronic. It it is moronic. But there was nobody else. There was nobody else out there. There literally wasn't. So there's there's have there's a so better much you plan going in. Then have there's a better so plan going in there. So you're not in that position. Seriously, yeah. that, that I, I don't like the excuse. There's nobody else because there's nobody else because no, of what because you then have you're, done. You're, I, then you're pulling Davy Garcia when he should not have been pulled because he should have absolutely started that inning. If you were going to use Clark Schmidt, it. if you were going to use Clark Schmidt, regardless in that game, you do not. Your plan cannot be he's coming in to clean up Davy Garcia if he gets in trouble. Your plan needs to be we let Garcia fight through this or we don't even let Garcia get into trouble. Those are your two options. That's that's fine. If your if your second option is or your first option is to let him fight through it, then that's one thing. But at a certain point, you got to pull him. If if uh, that anyway, whatever, it doesn't matter. Those are, it, I think, situation played to that, and it was not an ideal thing. And then Sessa over what Adovino? Like okay, I, I I where are we going with that? I mean, okay, we're gonna kill him for bringing in Luis Sessa over Adovino. Really? Who who gives a shit? It's the same thing. It's just. But they're, that's they're, the thing. Like, I know we're looking for things at this point, and it's infuriating when you see what happens, and then the result doesn't happen. But at the same time, like guys should be executing as well. And Boone has been terrible. Don't let I'm not you know I don't want to mix words on this because I think he's not had the tone of a lot of different situations, and I don't like his lackadaisical attitude. I I can't stand it actually. I need accountability inside, and unless you're saying that there's accountability, I don't know if there's accountability. And that's a manager has to come out and and be, I think that's one of those opportunities for a manager to actually speak his mind and just let it go instead of being reserved and being that media guy. And that's what he's doing. He's being a PR front instead of a, a, a human being that is frustrated and needs to understand that there is a a time problem now and a, and a talent problem. And you need to get ahead of it and talking about that and how we struggled and suck is what you're supposed to do instead of looking at positives, losing to the Baltimore Orioles or losing to the New York Mets. It's just, there should be no positives to look from those. Has accountability finally come up in the benching of Gary Sanchez? Or has Gary Sanchez just become the scapegoat for the 2020 Yankees? Because it, Gary Sanchez has sucked. Like, I'm not, this is He's not, not the a defense. Because, this is not a defense on Gary Sanchez, but he is not the only one who sucked. Well, no shit, but I don't, I don't understand. Okay, so I don't, in a perfect world, I want Gary Sanchez to do well. To be very clear, I want him to be the starting catcher because he is a unicorn. He's the he's the the highest productive, uh, efficient catcher on the offensive side of the ball in baseball when he's going well. The problem is we've seen too many bad spurts in him offensively that I don't know what he is right now. I 
career-wise. I don't know what that what that player is as a player. I That's just fair. don't know. That's fair. So what what's frustrating for me is that the talent level seemingly is there, the ability seemingly is there, but there are these moments where it completely just disappears. And I'm only talking about offense right now. Completely disappears. So when I'm when I'm looking at that, I think that that guy should be held to a higher standard than the rest of the the majority of the rest of the people that are hitting 100 or under 200, the the Mike Fords, the, the Tyler Waits, the guys that are not supposed to be playing, that are struggling. Okay. okay, fine. That's one thing. But Gary Sanchez is our starting catcher and is supposed to be a franchise, like, you know, yeah, he's supposed to be caliber, all star caliber. He's supposed to be a, he's a the guy. cornerstone to your franchise, and he has not been for the past two and a half years. So, so when boom. I'm when I'm sitting out here talking about talking about the fact that that Cole potentially is having issues with Gary Sanchez, I'm not saying that that's the pro, that, that that's Cole's only problem. There are there are things happening with Garrett Cole right now that are not related to whoever the battery is, whatever the catcher is. That being said. Is it so difficult to get to a point to understand or, or or comprehend that this guy, Gary Sanchez, is struggling so mightily at the plate and struggling defensively? Because he is. You know how many people brought up freaking pitch framing on Twitter, which is lunacy to bring that up in, in this season as a stat to lean on defensively. Come on. How is it, how is it possible to, get, to not get to the point where maybe he's struggling with his pitch selection by calling a game? Because... He's struggling literally everywhere else. How do I know? How do we all know that the preparation isn't there as much and that they're on the same page? And and people, well, Garrett Cole's praising him. He's talking about this. Look, that's fine. If you want to say that, then that's 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 fair. Garrett Cole is either is either saying that because he likes it or he's saying it because he's a company guy and the way that's the way he is. I personally think that Garrett Cole doesn't rip on his teammates in the media when asked direct questions. But it's frustrating. It's, it's it's frustrating as hell, and he deserves the criticism. And the fact that everybody else is struggling should have nothing to do with Gary Sanchez in a vacuum. It it, it does in it does in the sense when Gary Sanchez is benched, and he was benched this weekend. Yes, he's had other days off, but Boone called it a benching, so it's a benching. That's so now it's a storyline. Now it's something to talk about. But he is. Oh, the, by the way, Eric Kratz again threw a dude out from his knees, picked a guy off at second base. From this his is knees. Not, so this so, is not me so saying Gary Sanchez. What are we doing about Gary benched. Sanchez? He's got such a great arm. Oh man, lean on that. Eric Kratz is doing it at forty years old. This is not me saying Gary Sanchez should not be benched. He absolutely should be benched. What my fear is is that this season, if if it goes the way it's continuing to go, and the Yankees are an eighth or a seventh seed limp into the playoffs, get bounced in the first round because they're not good enough in many different areas. It's just now going to be, in hindsight, Gary Sanchez's fault. This entire season is going to be Gary Sanchez's fault. Oh, I don't when in reality, I don't it's believe that. many people's faults. Yeah, I don't think that's I don't think that's the case though. I don't I really don't think that's the case. I mean I people are gonna not. blame people are gonna blame the all, the guys who are not staying on the field, number one, because that's probably one of the biggest reasons why Gary Sanchez is being exposed because he has no protection and he's not getting pitches in the strike zone that he can predict. And that's why, which also is leading me to the point that like maybe he's just not as good as we all think he is. Because he's he looks unbelievable when he's on when he's on fire. When the guy is balanced in in the batter's box and he's able to lay off the bad pitches and he's getting you know a dose of decent pitches across the plate you see a phenomenal hitter who can barrel up and he's just not that guy right now and he's it, striking out 42 percent of the time which is he's striking out 42 percent laughably of the time. unbelievable it's laughably unbelievable i i think a, a pitchers don't strike out 42 percent of the time 
I mean, because they're not playing for launch angle either. <laughs> Pitchers go up there trying to make contact. Dude, I, it's it's really frustrating. And you know what? He's getting benched because that's actually one of the positions where the guy behind him is outplaying him and actually playing well. You can't see but, that. I mean, very, the, you don't see that anywhere else across the diamond. The problem is they have so I many. got a fourth guy who cares. Sorry. I, I'm, I keep leaving people out because all of these uh, the overshadowing these the guys who don't give a shit. Clint Frazier cares and has grown up this year. So good for him. So who are your four? Frazier, DJ, uh, Kratz, Kratz, and Voight. Okay. Yeah, Voight's playing through the foot stuff. So foot stuff. <laughs> it's it's it. There's so many problems with this. Is Gary team. Sanchez Michael Pineda? Is that what we're looking at? Is he a guy that just that flashes great, like amazing greatness, and then just completely disappears, flailing his arms, or or for in his in his in his case, like being like Eeyore and just like like walking back to the walking back all sad to the dugout. It's I'm just sick of his body language too, to tell you the truth. Well, I mean, he he he. <laughs> And, and he I understands want more for this guy to be a leader of men and come out here and take the ship by the balls and say, look, guys, we're the New York Yankees. I've been here since I'm 13 years old. Let's go. He's like, not. I, I don't think he's capable guy. of being that leader. I don't think he's ever going to be that leader, but he can be your best player, at least when judges. He's not a vocal hurt leader, but he can be a guy. Hurt. When all these he, guys are hurt, he could step up on the field yes. with his play, and he's yes. he's not been able to do that. So he's gotten benched. And it doesn't matter who's behind him because he's been so bad that any alternative is at least as bad as Sanchez. So it's fine. You can say that about a lot of different places in the lineup. Brett Gardner, Tyler Wade, Mike Ford, Estrada. I mean, yeah, all there's these... nobody behind those guys playing well. At least Eric Kratz is playing well. He gives a shit. Eric Kratz... He, how is Eric Kratz playing? He, he, he's he's do, he's doing what he does. He's not. Yeah. He is he's, he's catching well for yeah. He's, he's catching he's, the ball. That's all we need right now. I mean, like exactly. And he's also making contact. He's hitting the ball. I mean, he's not hitting the ball out of the ball. There's no production there. But who gives a shit? At the end <laughs> exactly. of the day, no. At the end of the it day, doesn't matter what right. you get when San, because you're not getting anything from Sanchez. So it, it does not matter what you get from your backup catcher because you your starting bench, catcher you can't bench is Eric getting. Kratz. He's playing too well. He's giving nothing. And who knows? Maybe this was the this was the plan all along. Why they kept Kratz is because they're going to give Sanchez another five games, and if he doesn't get his act together, they're going to bench him. Maybe that's why they kept Kratz. Who the hell knows? Oh, they kept they definitely kept Kratz because their struggles at catcher are very evident. There's no doubt. That's the only reason he's on this team. If Gary Sanchez was playing well, he would not be on this team. And and Kratz caught Cole uh, over the weekend. We, no, we, Higgy did. Higgy caught Cole. Right, right. Kratz caught. Um, Devi again. Yes, yes. Higgy, Higgy catches Cole. Cole looked unhittable for the first five innings yep. and runs into trouble because Estrada makes an error. I understand. That means the runs are not earned. I get that concept. However, yep. Garrett Cole is not completely off the hook for that inning. For after the error happens, he allows two walks, a single, and a double. Okay? That, talk about accountability. There needs to be some accountability for your $324 million ace to not allow a game to get out of hand because your third baseman makes an error with two outs. Yeah, I mean, I I, I certainly don't think it was all because of the, the Tyro Estrada error. Uh, yeah, that doesn't help matters and puts you in a different situation. But he couldn't throw a strike. I mean, he lost the strike zone. And it looked like he was fatigued. It, you know, just from the from the naked eye, it looked like he was he was laboring a bit and wasn't able to execute his pitches. So, um, 
yeah, I don't know what happened there. He hit a, it's like he hit a wall and, and it just it just turned like Garrett Cole turned off <laughs> and all of a sudden, you know, there was somebody else in his body, but it was on him. It, I, I certainly I know that the the runs don't, you know, look in the box score like uh like it was on him, but it was on him. He should be able to get out of that. You want you need your number one guy, especially in that situation, to be able to pick up your player, uh, you know, your fourth guy on the bench to to be able to pick him up and get out of the inning. You can't have a meltdown. He had a meltdown. Can you give up a run, maybe even two, and keep your team in the game and just shake something off and keep going? Yes, I understand that happens. But you can't have a meltdown and make it so your team can't come back anymore. And that's what he had. He had a meltdown. Garrett and Cole the, and the, should not that, be having meltdowns that, within at this one point of those, in his career. One of those base hits too, like the was I was I was just getting so mad because there was a play at uh, home. It wasn't a play at home. The the ball came went through a cutoff man who wasn't there, and and then uh, got to the got to the catcher who had to field it up the line a little bit. And then there was a play at second base. There should have been a play at second base, and nobody was covering the bag. So you had two guys on on one of those singles. I think it was the last one that. We're out of position or just watching the game, literally yeah. standing there watching the the play unfold in front of them and not going to a position. And when I see a when I see a a breakdown like that, when I see a major league baseball team not covering positions, standing at their you know where they've started the play to field the ball with their thumb up their ass, watching the guys round the bases and watching the ball get thrown around and not moving, it's infuriating to me because that's some little league shit that you expect from twelve year olds. And honestly, most 12-year-olds know how to go and they get to their positions because they don't want to get yelled at. And these guys are just sitting there with their thumb up their ass, not doing anything. And at that, to me, though, that level of breakdown, even after Garrett Cole gives up the um, the hits that he does, is is what flew me off the rails. I, I turned the game off at that point uh, cool. for a little bit because I was, I was just mad and watching. You can't watch professional athletes on the New York Yankees at that point not cover their positions. Yeah, yeah, and... you. If this team's going to turn it around, it's going to come from Garrett Cole pitching better, and it's going to come from guys hitting. The guy, not Tyler Wade hitting. It's going to come from Glaber Torres starting to hit, and it's going to come from LeMahieu and Voigt continuing to hit, and it's going to come from maybe Gary Sanchez after he's done being benched start to hit. It's not going to come from the next man up, guys. It's got to come from your best players. That's where the turnaround needs to happen. So that's why I'm I'm more upset with Cole's meltdown than I am some of the other crap that happened this weekend with the bad players. Yeah, I mean, I understand that. the the other The other side of things is that the Yankees couldn't do anything against the Oriole pitching as well. So yeah, but it's, like, it's a I, joke I, on the other side. And I know I'm not I'm not I'm not dismissing that at all. It's a it's a problem. Your your ace pitcher, your 324 million dollar guy, should be able to 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 put a um, a, a nail in that inning and, and just get into the dugout so that your team has a, a chance or at least a th- the thought of a chance. But in reality. They couldn't do a goddamn thing on offense either. In reality, it wouldn't have mattered if you only gave up one run. They're probably still going to lose the game. <laughs> but you have a better fighting chance down a run or two going in your last nine outs than down five. Because down five, they have 0% chance. Win probability is zero at that point? Probably point one. That's that's a, that's, a, that's a stretch. Um, the... Uh, what, uh, there's an Oh, I want to go back to Thursday's game, which seems like years ago the uh j-hap because there was an update to j-hap's contract which we missed so we had been talking about how an arbiter is going to need to decide after the season what happens with his option but an arbiter has already decided he amended the contract so he needs 10 starts in order for it to to absolutely vest which he's not going to get 
Because even if he starts every turn going forward, he only gets nine starts. Well, there you go. I guess they already nipped that one in the bud. So yeah. So does everybody just realize that J-Hap was right? <laughs> that they were actually doing it? I mean, they, they, it they, makes a lot of sense to not have an arbiter in the middle of the season, like from from what you're uh, something that was based on on uh, the amount of, amount that you play, and not necessarily w- how you executed. It makes sense that they would make that decision ahead of the season rather than after the season. Uh, of course, but but uh, it, it was J Hap right? Meaning, do they not want his option to vest next year? Absolutely. No, I'm saying, they, was he right for them to that because of the reasons they were skipped? Probably. Well, but He's probably right. But I go back to if he was pitching to a mid three or even a four ERA and giving them quality starts, they're going to put him out there. Maybe, maybe not because apparently they're punting this season. Who knows? This is back no, nothing, when I... <laughs> nothing on the field, nothing on the field right now tells me that they would have rolled him out there. To be honest, but but when we're talking about it in the context of two and a half, three weeks ago when this team was in first place. Yeah, okay. They, they may have done it then. Yeah, f- sure. He might have gotten one more and then had you know a snowball's chance in hell of getting it. Maybe. And, and and it's like Boone Boone. So he pitches well against the Mets last time. His first time, first good start. The seven plus innings of no. Let's run give them ball. a second look. Let's try it again. Not only that, but just because he pitched well that time doesn't mean you need to leave him out there so he blows a four run lead because that's what happened. It's like come on, I this is still Jay Happ at the end of the day. So don't leave him out there until your four-run lead has evaporated. Yeah, I, I, you, you can leave him out there when he's going unbelievably well and he looks like he's you know the best pitcher in, in the in Major League Baseball. But when he's not, when he looks like he's potentially Jay Happ and, and could you know the um, it, he could turn into a pumpkin at any second. Get that man out of the game, right? And uh, give I think give your chance, give your team an opportunity. And I think got to be the biggest bonehead play of the week goes to Tyler Wade, right? With the with the getting doubled off in extra innings on DJ LeMay, who's liner to right field, just acting like either there's two outs or that that ball is like on the ground, just running head down like that's not even a chance of a caught fly ball. That was maybe the worst base running from who should be your best base runner I've ever seen. Yeah, I don't know what was going on there. Did did he comment after like what was going through his mind as far as did he not see the ball off the bat? If, no, if that's even, the case, why even, are you running? He even looked at the ball, judged, and in his mind, he made a judgment. This ball's definitely dropping. Yeah. Yeah. It was a bad, bad read on the ball. <laughs> bad read on the ball. I guess he didn't, Tyler Wade doesn't play enough, so he doesn't understand what the extra, the extra, you know, um, the, the trajectory of the ball given the, the, the tight seams now, you know? Mm. It's a juiced ball, and someone should have told him that. It's a bad, bad move. You guys have counted on restaurants, and now they're counting on you. And while their dining rooms may be closed, they're still open for delivery with DoorDash. DoorDash is the app that brings you the food that you're craving right to your door. Ordering is extremely easy. You open the DoorDash app, you choose what you want to eat, and the food is delivered right to you safely outside your door, and you can now choose their new contactless delivery drop-off setting. I use it all the time. Uh, it's It's a terrific app, and there's a lot of local restaurants that you can get as well. There are way more than you expect that are included with DoorDash. Um, Bevan and I use this app probably twice a week. So definitely recommend going on and, and buying it, especially with the code that we're about to give you. Many of the local restaurants are still open for delivery. So you can just use DoorDash, uh, select from their menu, choose the food you want, 
and they bring it right to you and it usually happens pretty fast and you can track the people as they come which is fun to know because now you know when your food is coming exactly to the minute so right now all of our listeners can get five dollars off and zero delivery fee with their first order of fifteen dollars or more just download the DoorDash app and enter code BLUEWIRE. That's $5 off and zero delivery fees on your first order when you download the DoorDash app in the App Store and enter code BLUEWIRE. Don't forget, that's code BLUEWIRE for $5 off your first order with DoorDash. Sunday, Sunday, Sundays are coming back to the NFL with NFLSundayTicket.tv. You can stream every live out-of-market NFL game every Sunday afternoon on your favorite devices, plus Red Zone and DirecTV Fantasy Zone channels. Never miss your favorite teams and favorite players. No matter where you live, NFLSundayTicket.tv is your key to the most glorious Sundays ever. Use promo code BLUEWIRE at checkout to get 15% off your subscription. Seriously, guys, this is an awesome deal. As Scott and I have said, if you use this, you can get it on any device, your phone, your tablet, your laptop, your TV, Fire Stick, whatever you got. You can get 15 different TVs going. You can watch every game on Sunday afternoon. We're all going to be inside anyway because there's a freaking pandemic going on. And you're not going to be able to go to a bar in October or November when it's cold outside and watch football. So you're going to have to do it at home. So visit NFLSundayTicket.tv. Use promo code BLUEWIRE15% off, baby. Well, so we've had four extra inning games. What do you think of the rule? Do you like it? Do you hate it? It's whatever. It's I, I have I feel like emotions is going away for watching these games. No, I don't like it. It's it's it, but I, I understand why it's there. They're trying to get these games over. So that's that's what they're doing. Well, we had some weird baseball oddities, like a trivia question, because because of that game on uh, Thursday, there was a two up, three down inning and a leadoff two run home run. Those are like baseball oxymorons. We've also had a walk-off where the Yankees lose at Yankee Stadium. <laughs> right, right. And, and <laughs> yes, and Gary Sanchez hit an extra inning home run at Yankee Stadium that wasn't a walk-off. Right. So there, there are some weird things that are happening here. I, again, I'll, I'll, I'll double down on my points for, for any of this weird shit that's happening. I just don't want it to set any kind of a precedent, and I don't ever want to see it again. <laughs> so if well, they're doing it this year... It, but next year... But they need to identify that this was a year and it needs to not be brought up in in uh, as precedent for any other season in any other way when they're trying to get some weird things across and bring on the second the second base runner for extra innings in you know for the around the next CBA as a as a, as a negotiation point. I just, I don't want to ever see it again. And if 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 this is in a bubble and we're and we're we just see this in 20, 2000, uh, 2020 and that's it. Fine, whatever. Don't ever show it to me again, though. I completely disagree. I don't want to see another extra inning game without this rule. <laughs> I'm serious. This All is right. exciting. This It's exciting. The games have either ended in the first or the second extra inning so far. And, and it's exciting. Something happens in the inning instead of three up, three down, three up, three down, three up, three down because teams are tired. This is so much better than regular extra innings. You've played nine innings. You two jackass teams can't figure out the result and you're going to have 162 more of these games. No, figure it out. So this is your penalty shot. Fine. Yeah. Penalty shot's exciting. Okay. Why, why does baseball lean towards the boring? Baseball just, leans no, I, into the boring. No, we can't do that. That's too boring. exciting. We need to be boring. That, that's fine. I it's it's to me it's gimmicky. I don't like it. It's gimmicky. It's weird. Not it, it but it's only gimmicky because it has never happened before. It's true. I mean, a penalty shot is gimmicky. Love the penalty shot. Oh, it's the same thing. I love the penalty shot. It's the same thing. Penalty shot's been around. 
don't do it in 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 playoff games fine you don't you don't want to do this in playoff games i understand but in a regular season game yes do this i'm okay with it and if you don't want to do it in the 10th inning because you why think- don't they just why don't they just do uh you know you pick your five pick five batters or pick three batters get a pitcher because guy gets a I base know we hit. joked about that but. no base hit or an out that's one base hit or an out you just you just tally it up like if you beat you the pitcher if, if you beat the, you don't go you don't no running it's penalty shots for baseball there's no running you just okay. if you get a base hit if you get on base then uh then then you have one in your in your score if the pitcher gets you out they have one so you're making you're making a sarcastic comment but yes actually, i'm making something up this I'm is making something yeah, up. this is just more like similar did. to real baseball because a runner on second with no outs is a situation that happens quite often in baseball no doubles don't happen anymore it's a home run or a strikeout. What are you talking well, about? It's going to be a walk and then maybe an error. A pass ball. Walk and then a pass. <laughs> Gary Sanchez, pass ball. Runner on second, no outs. Okay, that's that's fair. At least you can then bring in some execution, which the Yankees don't do. I mean, look, yeah, it gives you a situation that's that's relatively exciting because there's an, a run scoring opportunity. Yes. But, but again, you lean back to the um, home run or a strikeout. Who gives a shit if there's someone on second? What's the difference? Well, it's still these games have been over faster. The the extra inning games end quicker this year with this rule than they ever have before. So it works, even if teams are it still just work. trying you, to hit. You're, you, there's also there's also it gets an the unprecedented amount of, of ending injury. the game. There's also an unprecedented amount of injuries that are happening this year. So you 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 have complete dog shit pitchers in during that time as well. So it doesn't prove anything. It proves absolutely nothing because in a real year in 162 games, you're going to probably have depending on how the injuries go, because the injuries have been freaking catastrophic this year for everybody. But in a in a real season, if you take away these, you know, catastrophic injuries, you're gonna have better pitchers out there and you may not be getting the same results that you're talking about. And no. it just looks gimmicky. No, you still get the results because over two seasons of minor league baseball, the innings the extra inning games end quicker than they did prior to that. So it works. It does work for the desired result of ending getting the end result quicker. That's what it should be. Okay. If you want to at least give one inning of extra innings with with normal rules in the 10th inning, okay, I'll allow it. But 11th inning, definitely 12th inning. If you can't figure something out by the 12th inning, just figure this thing out already. All right. Agree to disagree. Yeah, agree to disagree. Yeah, dumbass. (laughs) Uh, Injuries. So Gio is on the IL with that bone spur that I guess came came back up and uh, started to flare up again. And Duhar, and Duhar's been hitting. I think he's five for his last 10. He still can't field. And he made an error on Sunday. And also, he allowed a base hit just on a ground ball hit right to him. I've never seen yeah. that before. Yeah, it's poor, poor timing on him. Everybody's blaming the, uh, the double clutch, which I think is funny. It's just, he just takes his sweet-ass time. You know, if you could double clutch and, and just, you know, have an internal clock, it'd still be okay. I've brought this up a thousand times. A-Rod had a double clutch. He had no problem with it. It's just a matter of the fact that he can't do it well. But I I do like the fact that he's hitting because I I think that the only way they trade him, and I think that's the only thing you can do with him at this point that gives you any value whatsoever, is he needs to hit. And if a team thinks he can hit, we'll put him in left field and we'll DH him and maybe we'll give you a mid-level prospect for him. I mean, it's a moot point right now, though, for a long time because it's an off-season thing, which I just... they. They yeah, I'm, thinking, I'm thinking long term though for for Andrew. I know, but Andrew Andrew is think... not the answer for third base for the rest of the year because Gio sure. will be back and Gio's the answer. So right. I'm talking about what is Andujar's future, 2021 forward. It's yeah, not it's, with it's the a, Yankees in the. It's a tough lineup. future. It's a tough future because it would be at DH and there's just too many guys that you know get injured in that spot. So 
<laughs> you know, that, here's the problem. He's a bat. If he starts becoming a bat again, he's a he's a, a valuable commodity for the New York Yankees because he makes contact and he can hit the ball. So, you know, like you can you, you look at that right now for an offense that's just struggling so mightily. You need anybody who can make contact on a consistent basis yeah, great. and put the ball in play. So hopefully he can do that for the next three weeks. <laughs> yeah, but the thing is, is like you look into the future and you see all these injuries that are happening and still need guys to make contact. Still yeah. need guys, and I don't know what you're going to get from him on the value uh, on a value prop in on the on the free agent market. I just don't think you're going to get much at all. And another guy that's on the IL, Loizica, non-COVID related, undisclosed medical condition prevents him from playing. I think that's a bigger loss than people realize because I, we talked about the Sessa thing. Maybe instead of Sessa on Sunday, it's Loizica, and Loizica is better than Sessa. Yeah, when 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 pitching well, he's he's got the ability to be better. It, both of those guys have, have shown... A, he's a guy that can stretch you out two to three innings if you needed it. Two innings, probably. So, yes, that's a, it's, a, it's a huge loss not, not being able to get, to get that because now you're trying to get those two innings out of Luis Avalon, who just got re-signed. So, yeah, it's a, it's a problem. And Glaber's back. Although, do you think he's healthy? I, th- I think he's healthy. It's, he just looks really, really rusty. Well, These no, guys, but... I don't care about him being rusty. I get it. Like he was bad before the injury and now he's come back. Like I don't expect him to just immediately start hitting again, but he plays on Saturday. He doesn't start on Sunday. He pinch hits in the seventh inning and then he gets pulled immediately. Why not leave him in there and see if his lineup position comes back around? So I don't think he's healthy. Or, or this is really, really spotty, shitty managing. Why are you, if you're giving the guy off, <laughs> maybe the, the day maybe. off, if you're giving the, the uh, a guy the day off, don't you're, play him. Don't, don't play him. him. If oh well, if then that's, if that's the case, otherwise that never what are you happens. doing? That what, never what are we happens. Doing it was what was it? The seventh inning, and yeah. there was an opportunity. I think there were two guys on at that point, right? Yeah, he was the tying, so if, or maybe it was the sixth inning, and he was the tying run. Was he the tying run, or was he? Anyway, either way, if he hits a home run, Yankees either tie it or, or back in the game. Very, I think he was just looking for a home run at that point. If he didn't hit a home run, he was pulling him because now the striking opportunity is no longer there, and he's not going to chance it because now Glaber needs to rest. Even yeah, though he well, had to warm up and get hot and get ready to go and, you know, take wet swings to to get into the ball game. Or at least, you know, he's sitting there, you know, picking his ass and Boone's like, hey, uh, uh, Glaber, grab a bat. You're swinging. He's like, oh, shit, what? What? <laughs> like, uh, uh, coach, uh, that's that's how we get o- that's how we get oblique injuries. Yeah. So with Glaber, I think that, well, he d- Boone does this a ton where he doesn't start a guy and then the guy pinch hits in the sixth or seventh inning and then plays the last two to three innings. Like Hicks did it over the weekend. Judge has done it in the past. LeMahieu's done it in the past. He, they never get full off days. So just stop trying to give them off days. <laughs> Seriously. But, that's it. but the thing is, is that it, it, it almost comes in opportunities that are unforeseen. So you're like, oh, shit. This is a really big opportunity. I don't want Tyler Wade to be up. So Glaber, I know I was going to give you a day off, but I'm changing my mind in the middle of the game and you're going to be up there. Which... In a in a in a in a world where none of the storylines here exist, and Glaber Torres is on your bench, and that situation happens, you're goddamn right. You put Glaber Torres up in the game, of course you do, because he's there and available, and you have an opportunity to 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 get a chunk back. You put Glaber Torres in that game, but why why is he sitting there in the first place? That's that's really what the question is. The uh, but you're yeah. a crazy person if you think that Glaber Torres shouldn't be up in that situation. No, I, I do think he should be up. No, in that I know, situation. but I'm saying like. If we're looking at, you know, get rid of all the, the just look at what, what's in front of us. Yes, he should be up. Yeah, but Boone I can't imagine. managing 
to that point to like have him on the bench and then be like, ah, no day off. Let's go. <laughs> because it's, I can't just, can you, there's believe, no consistency. Can you believe that a lineup didn't score runs when three, two, six out of the nine players can't hit weird. DJ's not in the lineup happen. again. Hey DJ, did you need the day off? No, not really. So <laughs> straight face. Like, no, I want to play the game. I'm here. I'm healthy. I'm on the roster. Play me. Also, how, what do you think about Brett Gardner batting third like three times over the last week? Does it matter anymore? Yes, it does matter. And I'll it tell does? you why it matters. Because it, everybody's hitting under under 200. No, here's why it matters. Because your lineup is so bad right now, you need to have the guys who are playing and are hitting, which their names are DJ LeMahieu, Luke Voigt, and Clint Frazier, and, and Glaber Torres. And Glaber, but Glaber Torres, now that he's back, like even though he's not been hitting, like he still should be hitting. Those need to be your top four hitters every night. I don't need Brett Gardner up more than one of those guys in a game because that might be the difference between winning and losing a game at this point. Brett Gardner does not belong in the third in the three spot, especially in the way he's hitting right now. I just and I and, and I know the reasons are 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 probably nonsensical and why Boone's doing it because it breaks up the lineup. But yeah, I just I don't think it matters. But I agree with you in the sense that just just as a mentality, you should have your big guys up at the top of the order. Giving you're like this. We're, I don't care if we're struggling. Everybody's struggling. So I'm gonna go with the guys that I think have the best opportunity if they weren't struggling <laughs> that, that could break out at any point. You know what I mean? Like that have the the ability. I'm still going to go with my my top hitters. And Brett Gardner's not that guy anymore. No. And we have an eye test versus nerd test. This suggestion is from Joe Munaz on Twitter. He says, eye test versus nerd test, Aaron Hicks. I'm not a big fan of his batting, but people say he should lead off instead of DJ and let DJ bat third. So I think he's asking, can we get some stats on why this may be? So Aaron Hicks so far this season is hitting 200. Hey, he's over the Mendoza line. 354 on base percentage, which is great considering a 200 on base, uh, 200 batting average. 371 slugging. Uh, 324 weighted on base average. 104 WRC plus 4% above league average. He walks a lot. 19.2% walk rate. And he has good plate discipline. 4.3 pitches per plate appearance seen. So I'm fine if he leads off. But I think he either needs to lead off or hit him like seventh. Don't bat him third because he doesn't get enough hits to bat third. But he can lead off because he does get on base. So I think their best lineup would go Hicks, Voight, LeMahieu right now. Yeah, I mean, I would personally switch those with, um, again, but it's semantics. I would uh, I would flip Voight and, and LeMahieu just because I want more guys on base for, for Voight's production. Because uh, he's been one of the most productive, you know, with the ball flying out of the park. So I want more guys okay. on base at that point. Yeah, but semantics again, whatever. at that point. The point is, I think Hicks he he plays value. better for the leadoff because of his yes. on base percentage. Yeah, he doesn't absolutely. get hits. Right, but you don't. He but if you're just time. walking, then you're walking and passing the baton to Voit and Lemayhew, and then Frazier and Torres after that, instead of Voit and Lemayhew being on base for Aaron Hicks to not get a hit. I totally agree. He's more built for as a leadoff guy because of the way that he works the count, because of the way that he can, he can hit from both sides of the of the plate as well. So he could create opportunities that are, you know, better matchups potentially, in theory. But yeah, he, he has he walks a lot, so his on pace percentage is good, and that because they're not hits and they're walks, that's why he should be ahead of. Um, not on the in the leadoff spot and not in a, a spot to produce because yeah. nobody at the bottom of the lineup's getting on base. Nope. That's a given. Nope. And and Lemayhu, who I mean, you can't complain about Lemayhu, and this is not a complaint. However, I do still wonder: does he provide more value hitting third? 
after even when the lineup is healthy and you have a healthy judge in there. If it went Hicks, Judge, LeMahieu, you have guys who are always on base for someone who always puts the ball in play. Instead, they have guys on base for people who either hit a three-run home run or strike out. Yeah, I I love I like the guy who can hit gaps, who can make a lot of contact and make the defense work. I absolutely like that. If a guy that's that's uh, has the ability to work the count, get take walks, and honestly, if Aaron Hicks is if this if this team is healthy, and Aaron Hicks is is um is in the leadoff spot, he's going to get some good pitches to hit too, and and that's when he could be a much more valuable player even on the production side of things. He's because he's going to get his walks, but he's also going to get a lot more fastballs in the zone, and he's going to be able to to you know create damage throughout the game. So I. I like him in the in the leadoff spot for that reason. And having DJ it doesn't matter who's around him. He's going to make contact. He's going to be a productive. Um, he's going to be productive in wherever he is. I do like him being up with more guys on base. Yep. Now we got a couple mailbag questions. So we already talked about the Clark Schmidt one, but we did get a question about Clark Schmidt and why that was his major league uh, debut in that situation from Zach Waters. Do you have anything to add from that Clark Schmidt thing? I mean, do you think he's going to? Stick on the right. It seems like Garcia, I think they announced Garcia is going to get his next start. So it seemed like Garcia has kind of wormed his way into the rotation, which I'm happy about. Do you think Clark Schmidt could could get a start? I, I would assume he's going to get a start at some point. I mean, Schmidt got, or uh, Garcia got designated again, but he's just going to be, keep, you know, he's going to be like that that floating guy who keeps coming up when his, when his turn's around, I think. It's, they're, they're already, they have a revolving door now for that that last, you know, spot or two. Yeah, he should. He absolutely should. Like, this is a guy that should be out there, you know, starting games. We want to see him as a starting pitcher. So the thing is, is that the Yankees rotation and their their bullpen is such a disaster right now that, you know, it almost doesn't matter where he's coming in. It depends on the situation. Maybe you're trying to get him a clean inning like you were like you were jockeying for before. But it all depends on how you've lined up at that point. It depends on what you're you know, what the the bullpen looks on a given day. So if you want to control more of the thing, the opportunities that he has, he should be in the lineup or the uh, the rotation. And our guy, Tommy, who used to be in Tampa, is he in Chicago now? He's in Tom? Chicago, yeah. Okay, yep. so Tommy in Chicago via Tampa, who we still got to come over for that Italian dinner. He says, I hate, uh, I hate jumping to do this while Bronx slowly, while the Bronx slowly burns, but under what circumstances would Cashman not renew Boone at the end of the season? One could say this is this is a burn year, but Boone would not accept a one-year contract. Is there anything that can happen this year where Boone does not manage the Yankees in 2021? Boone has a contract option for 2021. You know, it's an interesting, it really is interesting because this year, when you look at it, should be thrown away probably because of the context of, of the backdrop of what's happened, right? Hmm. But when you see the daily blunders that come out both on Boone's side and and players just not playing it's seemingly like their 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 heads not in the game or or whatever it is i mean again i i i go back to the 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 base hit we're scoring two runs and a play on second to try to get a guy you know who's running taking advantage of an opportunity because he's looking and seeing uh the yankees sleepwalking out there like that's inexcusable stuff for me and when i see that I, that goes directly to the manager and I can't, I can, I have a very, very short leash for that type of mentality and that type of attitude. Because if you're not playing well, you better be fundamental. You better be trying to get take advantage of every single opportunity that, that that presents itself on a baseball field if you're not executing well. 
you better be in the right position. Your head better be there and you better be, and they're just not mentally there. It seems like they're mentally checked out at moments. And I think that does go back to the manager and the way that he is, you know, talking to his his players and the way that things are being implemented. So I don't think it's the craziest thing, honestly. And and the fact that they have such a, this window is getting tighter and tighter and tighter and tighter. If they see an opportunity to get a catalyst in here and they don't like the way that Boone has reacted in certain circumstances, I don't think it would be the craziest thing. If he see, I, I agree with you. I don't think 2020 is going to get anyone fired, really, because I think it's too weird. So I think he'll be back for next year. But I could see if things don't go a hell of a lot better next year than that being his last year. So let's say that Boone is a four-year manager, which would kind of be unprecedented under Brian Cashman because Joe Torre and and um, Joe Girardi each had ten plus years. I know they won a World Series, but. They had a long leash to to manage the Yankees. If it's Boone for just four years, is that a failure on on Cashman's part for identifying Boone as the next manager? Yeah, I'd have to say it is. Has I'd to absolutely be. have to say it is. Has to be. If you if you if you jump ship right now and it, and it and it, it's it's basically saying that he wasn't the guy for for this talent that they have. It's yeah. it's a it's a it's a big black mark. Yeah, especially because you moved on from someone who, in my opinion, is very capable. You didn't move on from a No, moron. not very capable. He's a good manager. He's a, he's, a, he's a good baseball guy, knows how to do a lot of things in-game that Boone had to figure out, or Boone is still figuring out. It's just a, it's a, it's a different style, and, and that's, that was what was identified from the beginning, is that the style of Joe Girardi didn't fit, or they didn't believe that it was going to get the most out of what the current roster is. Well, what if players. it did fit? Maybe it, yeah. What if it did? What if they did need that structure? <laughs> what if they needed some of that structure from Joe Girardi to to win a World Series? Was Gary Sanchez ever better under Joe Girardi? Gary Sanchez was better under Joe Girardi than he was on. He's been under Aaron Boone. The tough love of Joe Girardi. They talked about how Gary Sanchez is the future of the Yankees, and Joe Girardi is too hard on Gary Sanchez. Oh, Gary Sanchez was an MVP level caliber catcher when he when when Joe Girardi was managing him. Yeah, I mean, I never, I never bought that that he was. I mean, Joe Girardi's a freaking former manager that played for the team. <laughs> the guy, uh, I'm sorry, a former catcher that played for the team and and played, you know, a ton of seasons in the big leagues as a as a major league catcher. He knows what he's doing. He was a defensive catcher, like the and who who oh by the way could handle the bat a little bit. It wasn't like it was crazy, but uh, you know, I don't know how much that actually went into it that that relationship. Is, and as far as him going, I mean, obviously Aaron Boone has been successful as Yankees manager. They've won over a hundred games each of their first two years. So, okay, he he he's gotten a lot out of them in the regular season. And last year, you it's very difficult to say that you look at this year and it's a fireable offense after what happened last year. I'm after not firing him. Out. I'm not firing. I'm saying him for just this in year. general, like looking back to what happened last year, he got a lot out of, out of absolutely nothing, and mm-hmm. uh, guys that were injured and. And he he really did push them to I think the 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 best of their capabilities. So it's it's tough. But a guy you 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 wonder that if an attitude like I think right now the personality when they're losing that's when it gets tiresome. When you see the personality of a guy like Boone when they're winning it's great it's fine like that works that that more like laissez faire you know go with it California type attitude right is a, is a little bit of a a different feeling and a different optic when you're winning. But when you're losing. It feels different. It just does. And you want a guy like, I don't know, like Phil Nevin to go out there and just go balls on them and just like, you know, be emotional and scream and just be the the guy that's, a, you know, a vocal leader uh, and you see emotion, you see veins popping. You want that kind of thing from a guy 
that's that's your leader of men. They're supposed to be your leader of men when you're struggling. And it's just not happening right now. It's harder to identify those moments and, and fire someone from those moments from our seats because we're not close enough to the team to do that. But we can look mm-hmm. at the decisions in game and the, yes. the roster decisions that, that Boone, not roster decisions, um, managerial in-game, decisions, in-game decisions that, yeah. that we can see and, and identify and say, that's not the best thing for this team. That does not put your team in the best position to win. And it happens time and time and time again. That and, being and said, think, he's also made moves that were that were criticized and while maybe questionable, were were at least put out on on the baseball field and then just not executed as well. There are many times that the, this team has lost games because Boone did the sensical thing, did the, the thing that makes a lot of sense, yes. putting a guy in there and they just didn't execute. Yeah, example being pulling Tanaka when he says my tank is emptying, and then Chad Green does not close out the game. Yeah, yeah. that's not Boone's fault. Or right, Chapman, cool. or you know, any of these. Oh, any yeah, of I mean, these. Right. If the Yankees high high leverage relievers, Araldis Chapman, Zach Britton, Adam Adovino, and Chad Green did not blow a handful of games over the past two weeks, their record looks a whole of a lot different. They're not the eighth seed right now. So yeah, that's a big part of this reason too. Is the thing that should have been your surest thing and carried you when you have other deficiencies <laughs> was not carrying you. I also need you as a manager though to get this team out of a goddamn rut. Right now, yes. get this yes. team out of the goddamn rut. They, they are they were in that situation. They have been in this situation. I don't care what you do, but you do need to be a motivator at some point, and you need to do something. I, you know, whether it's a, a win one for the Gipper speech, I don't whatever that whatever it is. I you agree, need to but figure it's that hard. out. That's that's not as tangible. I guess you're no, it's not tangible at all. <laughs> it's all <right>. not tangible. <laughs> Last thing I want to do quickly is because we're at that uh, sort of a point in the season that I think is a good time to do it. I want to update on our bold predictions. We can go through this quickly. It's convenient that you want to do this now. <laughs> so I said Talkman more yeah, games. Yeah, let's talk about non tangible. Like, oh, it's a good point in the season to do this. <laughs> Talkman more games started than Gardner. This is one of mine. And so far, I've not been right. Talkman has started 23 games. Brett Gardner has started 27. I hold out belief that that will be in Talkman's favor by the end of the season. Uh, Michael King, the Swiss Army knife, and a three point seven five ERA. Talkman's look like dog shit too, by the way. Real bad dog He's shit, but horrible. Not as bad as Brett Gardner, though. <laughs> and I'd rather see Mike Talkman batting third than Brett Gardner. Although they should both be batting at the bottom of the order. So Michael King has been a Swiss Army knife in the sense that he has both started and relieved. And However, been <laughs> he's been, been not good. Six point three three ERA, five point nine one FIP. Now, part of that I think has been some bad luck, but also he's just. I mean, I mean that start against start Baltimore was bad. was bad. He gives up two home runs. Yeah. He he was kind of wild. It, it was bad. Um, I have no defense for it. Miguel Andujar, less than 20 games started. He's actually started 13 games, believe it or not, and he's starting to hit. So I see him getting seven more starts, especially with the injuries this year. But it looked like for a while I was going to be right on that. Okay, <laughs> so just... so over over this over everything. No, one of them, I think. I think I've been wrong on King unless he just is dominant the rest of the way. I think I think uh, Talkman over Gardner, I think that's still up for debate. I think that that could lean in my favor by the end of the year. These were season-long predictions. You think that he's going to get now four more starts than Gardner over the court? I mean, that, I don't, that's that's a tough... That's well, a tough, when, uh, when that's, Aaron, that's a lot of games. When Aaron judges back for the past for the last two weeks of the season or last week and a half because Aaron Boone said he should be back before the playoffs, well, he who starts? Does Talkman or Gardner start? Right now, probably Gardner. Who should start? 
it doesn't neither one of them they're they're both not playing well but Gardner is the uh the crafty the crafty veteran so all right what what about your predictions my predictions did not have not gone well although I'd say are better um Ford uh, no okay Ford overtakes Voight for the first base job yeah that that was a that was a big big miss on that one Voight's been phenomenal best he player really on has the team. been good best player on the team he really has he's been he's been awesome um Best hitter so, on the team. I, I think that I think when you look back at Voight, I think a lot now when you see his struggles, I think a lot of it really stemmed from that sports hernia and him just not being yeah. healthy. So good for him uh, for proving that wrong. And but in Ford, fairness, Ford should be better than he's been. Like Ford we saw, should definitely be better. He's was better last year, and he's just not. He's just not been good. He's had year. he's had opportunities too. Yeah, yeah. So he just hasn't played well. Hap seven wins. He's got one win. You know, but if the Yankees weren't holding them back by not starting him, he'd have at least two. <laughs> so that that's something. Um, no, he's been bad. Jay has been uh, been not good. Undefeated versus Baltimore and Miami. Well, what is their record against Miami? Oh no, we'll see if okay, they so can undefeated. So finish, I, so am I undefeated against I'm just, Miami? But you said right, combined. I'm just saying. Am I, I was right against with Miami so and far. Baltimore's whooping our ass. So. <laughs> So yeah, sorry that I didn't see Baltimore taking three of four in uh, in this last series, and this our, our, our Yankees team having a cumulative batting average of one eighty four. You know the There's, Yankees are lucky they had a doubleheader on Saturday, else they would have been swept. And then the last one on Friday, I mean, the last one is Judge twenty home runs, and I mean I'm looking at percentages here, and I'm I, I chalk this up as a win. Well, eighteen games played, nine home runs. Look at that yeah, pace. He he was he was on an unbelievable pace. Here's the problem with Judge, and will always be the problem with Judge. He can't stay on the field. Yeah, his production on the field though was ridiculous. So um, no one's denying that. Though. Maybe maybe with two weeks he can hit ten home runs. No one he'd need eleven, but uh, no eleven one, home runs. There's no, going to be a lot of double A pitching in that last week and a half, which also poses the question: Is coming back? really going to be that much of a tune-up because you're going to see a lot of really shitty pitching. Why? You're going to be facing teams that are fighting for the playoffs, Toronto and Miami. I think it's going to be a slugfest at the end of the season, man. I just think there's going to be these arms. They're just, they're falling at a, at such a record pace. You get the last two weeks of any season. I, I don't care what team you are. You're just, you're, you're probably just trying to hold on to dear life because your pitching staff is decimated. Uh, no one, no one has ever denied me, especially denied Aaron Judge's ability to produce when he's on the field it's just his ability to stay on the field so say he comes back with 10 games to go and he's uh, he's hits home runs in the first three games that he's back well he won't get penciled in there for the fourth game because he'll need a day off gotta True. keep him healthy it's a good point did not did not really uh look at boone's selective off days um when i was looking at my bold predictions did not did not actually come into my uh my purview which that's on me that's so, on me collectively we're pretty much over on these predictions um, i mean come on How, nobody's predicting a goddamn thing for this season the season is a complete train wreck <laughs> no and, and <laughs> i'll take the l I, the, only, the biggest l i'll take on here honestly is the void thing that one that one i don't like okay because i should have identified that he was just this this health thing and i we talked we've talked about this in the past about him not being healthy from that sports hernia and that was that's a tough injury to have any kind of production and the, he showed toughness being playing through that even so um i feel bad for for not giving 
Luke Voigt, the benefit of the doubt. That's that is one that I don't like as being and on my record. He seems to be the only one actually battling through an injury. Yeah. J Hap should be better. That one's just annoying. Okay. No, that's I mean J Hap and, and the Baltimore thing, that's annoying. Okay. But they're, are they're better than us right now, huh? Is that is that like <laughs> Well, I mean they're, they're better they're, they're literally still not better than us right now. <laughs> oh yeah? Just wait. Is that is that a, oh yeah, just wait. The, that ball, did you say the Baltimore Orioles are not making the playoffs? Uh no, I'm said? saying they're not in the playoffs right now. No, they're not in the playoffs. Yeah, yeah. No, they're not right now. Not right now. <laughs> yeah. Two back in the last column. It's oh, just man. I we need things to turn around. And yeah. here's the problem. Here's my problem. And why I'm I and I'm really looking for positives, but they're very tough to see. And I understand the positives are potentially these guys coming back. But guess who's not coming back? Anybody in our rotation. And unless we're leaning completely on Debbie Garcia and he's going to be this guy that's going to continue to, uh, you know, to pitch well throughout the, which, which is going to be tough for him to do because they're going to have a book on him now. And I, every, every start coming back out, like there's going to be more tape on this guy and Clark Schmidt be, you know, slotting into the rotation and being a guy that we can rely on. Those are tough things to ask for. Not saying they're out of this world. They could happen. They very well could, but the rotation's not getting any better. Paxton's, is Paxton going to come back and be effective in any way? No. no nothing, Paxton, nothing says that he is. Paxton's only goal this season is to come back, be able to throw three innings, and then Scott Boris be able to use that as enough leverage for teams to sign him. That's all James Paxton's goal is. Yeah, so I, you know, the pitching staff is still the biggest problem, and I don't see it getting very much better, and, and I don't know how we can do anything without a pitching staff. It's still baseball at the end of the day. Yeah, you still need pitchers to pitch well. Yeah. Okay, that's it for us. Happy Labor Day, everybody. You, know, you need pitchers to pitch. You need pitchers to pitch. You need to get to that point. You need to be able to complete a game. I could go out there and pitch. Yeah, I mean, I'm that's good for, what I, it's going to come down to that. It's going to come good down for to 100 pitches. Maybe Mike Ford's value on this team is pitching. Hmm. He was doing yoga in the offseason. I'm assuming that's to limber up to be a pitcher. I mean, we've seen it. Anything else you want to vent about, yell about? Talk about yeah, get to play Buffalo, the the Blue Jays in Buffalo, the Blue Jay, the Buffalo Blue Jays this week, the the second place Buffalo Blue Jays, not the third place, or uh, fourth place, or fourth place, or Blue Jays. not in our realm of caring place. Uh, yeah, the season or the season that was supposed to be a complete sprint in you know just just like powering through teams in September, <laughs> now has every team on the roster that we play is better than us. <laughs> that's 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 what's happened in the last two weeks. They have ten games against Toronto, and now Toronto is has the upper hand position. <laughs> and all Toronto has to do is play five hundred against the Yankees, and they're probably going to win uh, the second spot in the division. That's which, the position which, you've put yourself in. Yeah, which doesn't matter. The playoffs don't matter as far as seeding. I don't think it's just a matter of. Honestly, the Yankees right now are fighting for a playoff spot with every every fiber of their being because if if this slide continues, it's gonna be it's gonna be tough to see it end because they are people are gonna be coming in with just like salivating. These teams are gonna come in salivating to kill the Yankees. I'm serious. They're gonna want to bury the Yankees, and well, they're, that that is gonna be a motivation for these young teams coming in. The way it's shaping up right now is the Yankees will be the eighth seed, and they will have to play Tampa three games to start the playoffs that'll be fun but maybe we'll have our guys back because that's all they're setting themselves up to do great they'll have uh, a rusty Aaron Judge and a rusty Giancarlo Stanton in the lineup against Glasnow and Snell and Morton and the 50,000 filthy bullpen arms 
Can you imagine if they don't, if if they're not even in the eighth seed and they're and it's they're just waiting to get these guys back? They've been just like literally trying to nurse these guys back for the last week and a half to get them ready for the playoffs. How arrogant that's gonna look, and how bad that's gonna look when these guys all come back to around the same time, and the Yankees are fighting for the eighth spot. Eighth spot. It's gonna be a. It's just it's setting up to play out that way. I'm not gonna lie. Part of it makes me happy. Because of the like, they des- part of what I've watched is they deserve this. They have they have written their own fate after starting out hot, sixteen and six in their first uh, to start the season, and it's just going a tailslide like this. You deserve what you get, and you deserve to fight for the eight seed right now with the way the Yankees have been. Yeah. All right. Well, let's fight for the eight seed. Let's go. Now we're are we an underdog story now? Yeah. Let's can let's we, play can we do that, that angle. The Yankees, the underdog story. Let's go. 200, 200 Chip on the shoulder. Two hundred million dollar underdog. Chip on the shoulder. Backs against the wall. Let's go. We'll talk to you on Thursday. Hey guys, thanks for listening to the Bronx Pinstripe Show. Make sure you find us on iTunes and subscribe so you can get all new episodes directly onto your phone. If you do like the show. We'd love for you to take a minute and give us a five-star rating and review in iTunes. It really helps us out and allows us to create more shows. We're on Twitter at Bronx Pinstripes and the same on Facebook. You can always find us there talking Yankee baseball. Thanks again, guys, for your support. Really appreciate it. And go Yankees. Did someone say playoffs? NBA and NHL are playing for the gold and our partners at BetOnline have you covered. Get in on all the action, including a new NBA bracket contest with plenty of chances to win. MLB season is finally pushing into fall, and there's no shortage of ways to bet with hundreds of odds, futures, and props. So take advantage of Return to Sports, and remember, the casino never closes. Check it out all day and all night. Go to betonline.ag and use promo code BLUEWIRE to receive your welcome bonus. That's betonline.ag, promo code BLUEWIRE. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts.